0: Welcome to Podcast Abbreviated. This is a very special episode because we have our first guest on the show. Tim and I break down the power of sound with host of Audio Branding Podcast, Jody Crangle. Jody's podcast is the source of the previous episode on archetypes in sound. Jody has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the power of sound. She's been a full-time voice actor since 2007 and interviewed some of today's top talent using voice and music to craft audio brands. Her audio branding podcast is coming up on its 100th episode. You can check out the audio branding podcast and hear Jody's excellent voice acting skills at voiceoversandvocals.com. In this conversation, Jodi shares her insider expertise for anyone looking to leverage the unexpected power of
1: sound. Hello, and welcome to Podcast Abbreviated, where we break down the best podcasts into short episodes so you can discover new
0: hosts and new podcasts and simply get to the best stuff faster. I want to start off with a question right off the bat. Sure. Sound. Not something that we think about as important from a day-to-day basis. Yes, there may be a piece of music we love. We may listen to Spotify while we're working. We may listen to podcasts while we're working. However, the impact of sound is not something at least I ever think about, except when I encountered your podcast. Jody, have you encountered anything specific about how sound drives humans or impacts humans on a day-to-day basis?
2: Well, you just said it right there. You listen to sound while you're doing other things. That's it right there. First of all, we're conditioned to pay attention to sound in a way that in a lot of other instances, we're not necessarily conditioned to pay attention to it. It's biological. If you hear a loud noise behind you, you're going to look. (laughs) That's just something that's natural to us as humans. It's the lizard brain. (laughs) So evolution-wise, it's really developed that way. And We can listen to things and take in information, but considering how many things draw on our attention these days, it's hard to look at something and then not entirely focus on it. You can't watch a video and drive your car. You can't do your laundry or wash your dishes while you're watching a movie. It's not quite the same thing. You can't pay as much attention. So when you're talking about listening to podcasts, you know, if you really want to get the information, you're going to listen to it. So it fits right along with our multitasking, (laughs) which can be a good thing and a bad thing. But in general, because our attention is drawn in so many different directions these days, it's good that this is something that can fit into our lives the way we need it to fit in.
1: Yes, sound is important, evolutionarily speaking, and even the cues in our world are very sound driven. Mm -hmm. Do you have any practical ways that people can incorporate this insight into how they live their lives?
2: Well, I think listening is very important to all of us. (laughs) Active listening, particularly because that way you're having a conversation, you're not just waiting for your moment to speak. (laughs) That happens a lot in conversations, and I am as guilty of it as anyone else. So Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not saying I am (laughs) immune to such things. But I think that when it comes to sound, reaches us on a really deep, visceral level. We make decisions based on emotion. We don't make them based on logic. We just don't. I think it's a lot more important than we give it credit for.
0: So when I think about emotion and sound, the immediate connection is music. How else does sound drive emotions?
2: Well, there's all sorts of things that go into a movie, for instance. The voices of the people on the screen, the sound design. If you notice that something that you're looking at on screen doesn't sound the way that it should, you're going to call that out. It's going to draw your attention. So Good Foley, which is the sound effects that come when someone's walking or they hit a wall or they're punching someone or whatever rain is happening and did you know that rain is actually sizzling bacon so there you go
1: <laughs> This was one of the first lessons I learned doing video production was that mm-hmm. an audience will forgive bad video but they won't forgive bad sound especially with dialogue if there's crackling background or it's just not full res it immediately degrades the quality even if the cinematography is gorgeous whereas the inverse doesn't exactly hold so i just think once i learned that lesson i I did start to realize how critical sound is to everything from sound design to the quality of the productions and as a producer i've started to allocate more and more of the budget towards sound even at the expense of video sometimes recognizing the truth of that and I've seen that play out in, in terms of creating value for clients time and time again
2: and people are going to remember bad sound more than they are anything else it just draws their attention it keeps them focused on the bad but also when you're watching a movie if you turn off the sound you're going to get the plot you'll probably understand what's going on on screen but you won't care Hmm. That's the big difference. Mm. So audio, sound, gives us emotional context. And music, especially when it comes to film, gives us emotional context. We hear the sad strings when there's, you know, the love of his life is walking into the distance. You know, like you, you get the, the not up when Jaws is coming, right? Like you don't need to see the thing. <laughs> you know something wrong is going to happen, <laughs> So there's all of these audio cues that we've learned to recognize for many different reasons and it's becoming more and more powerful now because of all the things that are drawing our attention and because that sound can fit in between things.
1: That actually makes me think of one potential practical takeaway that I'm even thinking about. We're so into texting these days, but what's missing from that is the sound of the way somebody would say those words. Oh, totally, yeah. So maybe we think that texting is the most efficient way, and sometimes it is, but whenever you need to deliver information, when it's important for somebody to feel a certain way with that nugget of information, maybe it does make the most sense to either pick up the phone and call, or this is especially popular in Latin America, is to send voice notes. They they send voice notes all the time. And I think that might be part of that segue, right? Which is when you want to say something that you want to hear how they say it, not just get that information.
2: So there are two things. You can hear that in an environment where you wouldn't necessarily want to focus your attention on one thing for that long. The other sort of flip side to that is that you don't want to listen to it when you're in a public place. (laughs) So some people love voice notes and some people really don't. (laughs) Depends on where you are in a day. And there's all sorts of different contexts, but there's one other thing that I want to mention with this is social media. So when you're talking about social media right now, it's very visual. And I think that's why Clubhouse and Twitter spaces have become so popular, because we really are starting to crave that human connection. And you don't really get the same kind of human connection from an entirely visual medium the way that you do from an entirely audio medium. It just doesn't work the same way. So I will tell you that if I'm in a clubhouse room and I have a room going and people are having a discussion and it's a back and forth and we're really enjoying ourselves, I'm getting to know those people a lot better in a much shorter period of time than I would be if I was making posts in Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. It just viscerally hits us on that deep emotional level, and those connections become more powerful.
0: So I'm fascinated with this concept that sound drives emotional impact. What makes voice talent high quality versus low quality? Like we said before, when you hear a low quality sound effect, piece of music or mismatched Foley, it distracts you and it's unforgivable. Mm -hmm. What makes high quality voice talent?
2: Becoming a voice talent really isn't a matter of just putting a microphone to a computer and recording your voice. It's not quite that easy.
0: Even if it's a super high-quality microphone? Even
2: if it's a super (laughs) high-quality microphone because, you know, garbage in, garbage out. (laughs) So one of the things that makes a good voiceover is being able to speak a script as if you're not reading, as if you're actually connected to what you're saying and in a manner that actually sounds like a human being would say it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so part of the thing with coaching is that it helps you to figure out how to act in a completely uh, just a, a weird environment like i'm sitting here talking to you with headphones on a microphone in my face looking at a screen there's no one actually here I am... Look, I'm facing a padded wall. (laughs) I mean, you know, the joke is, right, voiceover people sit in their padded rooms all day, right? Like, that's pretty much it. (laughs) But the point of that is that you need to be able to take this unnatural environment and make it sound real. So... If I have a script and it's saying a particular something about a company and I want people to care about that company, I want them to actually think that this company is doing good things in the world and they're proud of what they're doing, just speaking those words without any context, without any connection, and maybe in a weird way that a human wouldn't use, (laughs) it detracts and the voiceover is kind of voice under, really, because you want it to sound like it's enhancing what's on a screen. Now, if it's a radio commercial or it's a podcast intro, outro, it's the only thing going. So you make it exciting. You make it interesting. You allow theater of the mind. But when you're enhancing what's on a screen, you don't want to be everything. You want to be a little quieter. There's a different way of doing things between a TV commercial or a video than there is to a radio commercial or a podcast commercial that's all audio. So knowing the difference is a good thing for a voiceover to have. But actually being connected to what you're saying and being able to act as if you care about what you're saying in a completely unnatural environment is acting.
1: And caring enough to have that conversation with whoever it is that you're working with, right? Getting the director and being able to push them and and offer Mm -hmm. different ways of saying something. Also being curious enough to see the source material, right? Wanting to see where is the VO going to live? What is the animation here? Um, If they can send me the music,
2: like sending me the music beforehand, oh my goodness, that's like gold for me. I'm a musician myself. I'm a, I'm a singer. So when I hear that music, it just gives me everything.
1: How do you approach the sound components of a project, how should, say, a video producer or video director who's just engulfed in the visuals, should it be right away in the earliest stages? Does it come later on in the development? Do you recommend bringing on a sound consultant? Or is it something that we all can learn to do even if we're new at it? What what tips and advice would you have for somebody in that field?
2: If you're interested in it, you probably could figure it out yourself and do some research and understand how that audio can enhance what's on the screen because i would never say that a filmmaker isn't a huge part of a good film that is you know knowing what to do with the scenes in a production is everything you're telling a story with pictures and you can totally do that you you enhance it with the audio and you, you know even if we're talking about the characters on the screen you need to be able to hear them right so Proper mic placement when they're in a scene is a really good thing too, right? You want to know that you're capturing the way that they're speaking because they're acting, you better get it while they're doing it. But you know, at its basics, a lot of content creators, they just take stock photo, and then they put stock music on it. And then they have a voiceover say stock words. (laughs) You know, I mean, that happens a lot. So I think it just deserves more consideration. And it is a work of art. It really is a work of art, the visuals and the audio complement one another and that one should not be used to the detriment of another. They work together and so pay attention to both of them. And part of the problem that I see is that they use the audio as an afterthought. You should be thinking about it from the beginning. Whether it's simple or whether it's complicated, depending on what film you're making, you really need to think about that upfront. That is not where you want to have your production fall down.
0: What kind of questions do you ask yourself in the beginning in order to help prep yourself for good sound development?
2: Well, I guess it depends on what kind of a film you're making. If you're making a a corporate narration, then really what you're doing is you're getting the film from that corporation or you're doing a film shoot at the place. I know a lot of healthcare does that sort of thing. You know, they go to the hospital or they go to the doctor's office or wherever they are and they film a bunch of stuff. And it looks beautiful, but to enhance that, you're going to need someone to explain what's going on on the screen if you're not interviewing people. Again, the interviews could be really fantastic, and that, again, requires sound. So you want to make sure they're mic'd properly, that you actually have a decent place to record. There's a lot of things that go into this, and it depends on what it is you're making. So at its basics, know what you're making. (laughs) Yeah right? I yeah, mean, that's,
1: and, and like you said, it's knowing the importance of sound going into mm-hmm. it. And just to like, know that this is critical and it shouldn't be treated as an afterthought. I am surprised at how few people go into projects with that mindset and that alone could radically change the outcome.
0: Stay tuned next week for part two of our discussion with Jody Crangle, where we discuss fascinating topics such as how archetypes are embedded in sound and how sound can actually change something like our perception of flavor. These topics and more next week on Podcast Abbreviated. We'll see you then.